this Saturday, February 26th, join Red River Runners at Cedic Run for the first ever Beat the Freeze event. From 4 to 6 p.m., stop into Cedic Run for an opportunity to shop, socialize, and take on the store's infamous Incline Challenge. Anyone who tries their hand at the Incline Challenge will get a special store discount. What's better? There's going to be ice cream, and not just any ice cream. Local favorite You Betcha Ice Cream will be dishing up all sorts of flavors, including a special mystery flavor making its debut at the event. There will be a naming contest for this mystery flavor, and whoever comes up with the best name is going to take home two free pints of ice cream. If you know me, I have a huge sweet tooth and I love You Betcha Ice Cream, especially their cookies and cream flavor. They're going to have that in the rotation this weekend, so be sure to swing on in and try it out. If you're looking for something to do this weekend or you need a break after watching the Summit League Indoor Championships at UND, look no further than this awesome event. Saturday, February 26th from 4 to 6 p.m. at Cedic Run, located in downtown Grand Forks. This week, I have the pleasure of bringing you a conference preview for the NSIC and the Summit League. You're going to get to hear from you, Mary head coach Kale Korbelik, whose Marauders had to Mankato to take on the rest of the Northern Sun this weekend. He highlights some of his athletes to watch at the championships and what he hopes to see out of his team. Because he's the first you marry coach to ever hop on the podcast, we also asked him to tell us about his newest recruiting class that's absolutely loaded with homegrown North Dakota talent. And what's contributed to you marry becoming a national contender year in and year out. We also got to sit down with NDSU's director of track and field, Stevie Keller, who tells me what his team is looking to accomplish heading into the Summit League Championships. Not only did he highlight some North Dakota athletes to keep your eye on, but we also talked about the unique opportunity to compete in a conference meet that's so close to Fargo, as UND is hosting the meet for the very first time in Summit League history. Stevie's also such a good storyteller, he always has a good one or two to share, so I decided to pick his brain a little bit about some past conference meets, and you're going to love some of the stories that he has to tell. Our goal has always been to get eyes on the sport of track and field, and we really feel like we're doing that with this podcast. You can help us reach and exceed that goal by not just following us on social media, but also by liking and sharing those posts on social media, and make sure you leave us a nice review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again so much for your support. Now let's get started with another episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. All right, I'm here with you, Mary Coach Kale Korbelik. How are you doing tonight, Coach? Doing well. Yeah, night before the, uh, you know, we got long travels tomorrow for, uh, you know, it's made about an eight-hour trip to Mankato. We go there every every indoor season um, at their facility. So always a uh, trip that we know we're all too familiar with. You get there, got to go early, and you get back really late. But it's a great facility and um, fast track, so a lot of performances get thrown down, um, you know, at this meet and it's, it's a lot of fun and our kids are definitely excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. And when it's the conference meet too, like the long trip, yeah, it's, it's a pain, but at the same time, when it's for something like there's so much on the line, eight hour bus trip doesn't feel like anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. The way there I always say is the easiest part because you're just excited. You're ready to go to, you know, show everybody what you've been working so hard for and, you know, go up against your competition because in track and field, it's always 
so interesting how you'll constantly go up against other teams that you know you don't see at the conference championship um you know we go up against a lot of nai division one um even division three competition all year and we honestly don't even see our schools sometimes um especially in the minnesota area so mm-hmm. yeah when we come there it's it's like boom you know and then you hit it so a lot different from other sports uh when it comes to conference championships so you're always just looking at tifers and being like oh they just threw down this they just threw down that um we're doing this and but it's uh nice when you finally get there and you know go mano y mano yeah yep and it's like tifers can tell you a lot but at the same time like you got to show up on conference day yeah absolutely yeah i think that's something that's always the most anxiety for a for a coach is you prepare and plan all year and the training part's easy but this time of year you just you don't want to get in your own way and uh you know like 10 days out that you know you're not gonna be able to change anything about 10 days out and um yeah just kind of going into it and just being like you know try not to go crazy in those last 10 days but also you got to stay sharp somehow as well and Mm -hmm. so having the balance of that and always just making sure everybody's you know ready to go and everybody's peak performance we talk about all the time is just always such a delicate thing um yeah, the body can just do weird things. And when you add school on top of that, um, you know, stressors just come out of nowhere and that's where sicknesses can come and things like that. And in track and field, I feel like that is, you know, what you have to balance the most. And I think that's why juniors and seniors flourish so much as well, just because they know how to balance the stresses of being a collegiate student athlete. Definitely. So I'll put you on the spot here with this question if you could come up with like one word or maybe just like a couple of words or short phrase even to describe the season on the men's side and the season on the women's side, what kind of word would you use for both programs or for each program? If you gave them separate words. Yeah, no, that's good. I would say on the men's side is, um, like breakthrough. I feel like the, the, the program on that side is definitely, you know, we're in a spot where we're young and talented and we have a lot of guys who have a lot of fire who want to be want to be great and really want to kind of break through it. This is kind of like their time. And we had some people do that last year as well, who kind of going into year two and three um, of their college career. But, yeah, like we're looking for breakout performances. And I think we have a lot. If it goes our way, I think we can have a lot of breakout performances um, that not aren't necessarily on, you know, like the results yet. And that's what mm-hmm. I see with that team is like at any moment, I feel like something big can pop off and break through and things like that. Um, and then in regards to our women's side, I would say, uh, gosh, one word would probably have to just be, that's a tough one for me. Oh, resilient. Could, it, yeah, okay. Okay. I was gonna say it could always be a couple words too. It doesn't have to just be yeah. one. Like we, like I would just say, like we, we, we found last year how much we had to be a resilient team. Um, we didn't have the best showing in indoor, and um, we've gone through a lot of things, you know, in those years, and then we've kind of shown, um, you know, we bounced back really well. So yeah, like you know, a team that's really resilient, and um, you know, I would say has a lot of obstacles, and you know definitely trying to manage those obstacles and battle through and then 
you know, seeing what can happen with it. Cause we have a, we have a great mix of young, um, young athletes and middle of the road athletes and, and seniors who have been around a long time, fifth years, um, as well. So I had to had a lot of resilience like this year and last year as well, kind of building into that. Yeah. And that's so true. Like I was talking to a coach at South Dakota state this year and just how this year is almost more weird than the year before in certain aspects. And so it's great to see when you've got these athletes that yeah, resilient and can step up to the challenges and still deliver and still compete. And you guys have a lot of performances that are, you know, ranked nationally really well. So obviously, you know, the magic's still there, like it's still happening and getting it done. So on that topic, tell us about some of the athletes we should keep our eyes on heading into this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So on the, uh, on the women's side going into year five, um, I would say the most is Deandra Morris. She, uh, is one of those people that always rises to the occasion. I feel like conference championships are her, her favorite time. She likes when it matters the most. Um, that's when she really raises her level Mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah, it just really proves and shows that. And she does all three jumping events. So, um, that's a lot. And, uh, really it's really cool to see dynamic performances from her um on a consistent basis and then on the uh on the track side uh liz atchison has a chance to be in a you know a really good spot again going into conference where she's going to need a big mark again the the marks nationally are just like insane the it's like one second decides in between you know fourth place in the country all the way to like 18th Mm -hmm. and so um, having her have an opportunity to do that in the eight again. And, um, you know, it's a girl who's, you know, every single time she's been here, she's, she's won a conference championship every single time she competed in track. So it's pretty cool to see. And, um, yeah, it's always fun to, you know, get her in the right competition. That's when she really, you know, blossoms is when there's really, really good girls against her. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that's, what's always nice about seeing the teams in our conference that we don't get to see all year. Um, yeah, and then, uh, like Taylor Hestekin, you know, has kind of just had some performances this year where you're just like, wow, where did that come from? Um, you know, Myler in the K helping us with the DMR and things like that. So, um, it's been really impressive to see, but yeah, this year just kind of, it's been really good to see like those, uh, you know, older, older kids, but we have some, you know, young people as well that, you know, can pop off hopefully like Samoya Neal, she gone to the national list and you know might be making it there this year and that was really impressive to see in the last meet just like boom she finally got healthy and it's like wow you can really see some things so having that all that magic happen all at once um on the men's side um isaac huntington won the you know 400 outdoor last year and so indoors always a doozy because it's a lot of traffic um Mm -hmm. you got eight guys running and breaking in on the same thing so he's definitely a guy who you know, can be there to win again, but at the same time, uh, that race is definitely got to run clean to, you know, possibly win. Definitely. Um, and, just, and just put yourself in the right, you know, in the right spot. Um, and then some, you know, freshman Akeel Howell in the 400 and Brennan Hoyt in the 60 and 200, I really think we'll, you know, get to see some good times. And I, I think the environment will have them race high to the occasion and also, Mankato's got a, a really fast track for sprints. So hopefully seeing some season best as well. Um, yeah. And then on the distance side, Jesse Koss, um, you know, throwing down in the 3K and 5K, Dawson Strom as well. 
really looking forward to seeing what those guys, because they really stepped up to the play last year, um, kind of came in under the radar and then popped off. So really hoping, you know, they can do that again and uh, just be at their best when it matters the most. Definitely. And so I'm sure you've done this a hundred times this week. You've gone on tefers, you've scored out each side. Right now, where are you guys sitting? Uh, if you were just solely going off of tefers, how are you sitting on the men's and the women's side? Uh, men around fourth place and women um, around, you know, third place. And then you kind of check the performance lists and, you know, it can kind of vary a couple spots here and there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely one of those things where last year we came in um, and, you know, indoor, it was about the same of what we did, but then outdoor, we were pegged to get third and we ended up winning, um, at least of what we kind of figured out. So, um, yeah, we're hoping, you know, it's one of those things where if you can raise your performance in one area, it might, you know, throw somebody back in another area. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, for us always going in and hoping that our best performance wasn't like a week or two ago is always kind of what we're going for. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can, you know, surprise ourselves and the rest of the competition. Definitely. Now you, this is your first year as the head coach, fill, fulfilling this role. And so you've been with conference teams in the past, but what are you going to tell your team? You're finally in that head coach spot. They're looking to you the night before the, the big meet. Like, what's your words of advice? What are you going to tell them? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's a great question, but control what you can control. Um, control your attitude, control your emotions, understand that people are going to step up and do some really good things, but also understand that you can do some great things as well. Um, I think so much um, about a conference championship is having that confidence in yourself that you can perform at a high level and, you know, just take jumping, for instance, maybe you scratch, maybe the first jump wasn't that well, um, but understand that, you know, whatever everybody else is doing, the only thing that you can do is bounce back on your second jump and second attempt and things like that and, and make the necessary adjustments. I feel like the people who struggle the most are the ones who um, let emotions get the best of them. They think too much. My, my role as a coach is we're going to, you know, we're going to really drill and work on stuff and get you ready for race rehearsal, race modeling and things like that. But once we get into the race, we don't think we just go. Um, And then just kind of let the natural, uh, kind of the sub- subconscious work and, and really just let it take, take hold. And, you know, because I think if you can find the flow state in times like this, that's when you're going to be at your best. If you're, if you're constantly thinking that's going to make you slow, that's going to make you lose a step. And so, you know, definitely in the sprinting events and things like that. And yeah, you just can't get in your own way. Can't get in your own head, control what you can control and, you know, fight as hard as you can. Wise words. Now we'll let you go pretty quick. Just a couple of fun questions to end. We have not had a you married coach on the show. You're the first one. So congratulations, huge honor. Um, but just tell us if you were going to compete at the conference meet this weekend, what event would you have the best chance of scoring in? Me personally, you personally. Yeah. Lace up the spikes or the, the throwing shoes, whatever it is, what would you have the best chance of placing top eight if you were competing? Oh goodness. Well, you know, I was a sprinter in college, so I liked it. And my favorite event was the two. So I would always be like, you know, I just didn't have the best best enough start to be a really good 60 person. But, yeah, I would say the the 200, if I was going to lace up anything, that's that's a race that I could run, I think, decently fast and, and not completely die. But I think people don't understand how um, hard 
uh, sprinting can be to hold your form. That's why I always think it's funny to watch, uh, you know, if you have people who play ball sports, like football players, soccer players, things like that, it's like, okay, go run a hundred meter dash. And it's like, they run a first grade 30 or 40. And then afterwards it's like, you know, they start to deaccelerate. And so, um, yeah, I think I could hold my own, in a, in a 200. Sweet. Um, little touch on recruiting. You've been just going nuts signing some North Dakota natives for definitely on the distance side of things across a lot of events too. Just like, tell us what's the, what do you look for in some of your recruits? What have, what would all these recruits have in common? Yeah, I would say definitely a lot of the kids have committed lately are just there. They fit in with the role. I feel like the biggest thing that they did is they came in here and they got connected with our guys. Um, you know, on that side and they just, it clicked and they're like, yeah. And it's almost just like a snowball effect where you just like get all these guys around each other. And, you know, it's like, well, we want to be on this team together. We want to compete together. And then, you know, friend groups from high schools and things like that. So we've really seen a great connection of, you know, people who are on the team and people who have committed and people who are still waiting to commit. But, uh, you know, I think when you're, when you're coming to a school, you got to, it can't be, you can't give a, you know, fluff service because when they get here, it needs to be real. And I think the number one people is like the network that you get right away and the the guys and the girls that you compete with as well. If you can be on a great team like that and really love the people that you're on a team with, you know, good things can happen. You know, there's a lot of things that happen, obviously, at school. And, you know, I would say we're we're definitely – we have our niche. And so um, we never try to trick people into coming here. We definitely want it to be the right fit for them, but yeah, it's, it's just been crazy. And um, yeah, one of our coaches who, you know, he told me about this podcast for, you know, many times and things like that. And, you know, how much, how important it is to like, and how many kids listen to this podcast who are in the high school level. Um, You know, it does, you guys do a great job of doing this, but you want those kids who just love running and just want to be, you know, engulfed in it. Cause you mm-hmm. definitely need that for certain events, for sure. Distance running, like you got to be all about it. So um, yeah, having that passion, work ethic and the ad- right attitude. Um, you got to understand that you can do some damage here. And really um, we've had a lot of people over the years, you know, men and women do some, do some great things. And it's like, Hey, it's in Bismarck, North Dakota. And everybody's like, North Dakota, what? And, but yeah, there's some like last year, just like what was in the high school um, ranks for distance was and sprints, honestly, was insane. Yeah. Um, for the state of North Dakota and having, you know, those guys stay is important because, um, you know, there's a lot of talent that can really shine, you know, especially at our level here. And if you, you know, you can get them here, you know, we just talk about all the time, like you can do some really special things and you can be a big fish. And, you know, really have some serious accolades that are that are awesome. And I think that's that's good that you guys promote that and you promote the, you know, being a North Dakota athlete and, you know, doing those things on the national level, not just, OK, I'm going to go to the biggest pond and all of a sudden I'm, I'm gone. Like, right. You don't hear about them anymore, but you hear about a lot of really, really good kids around here who go off to college and are making waves. And it's it's great to see. And I think you guys do a great job of showcasing that. Coach, thank you so much for hopping on. We wish you the best of luck. And yeah, let's get you on like outdoor season so we can hear about that too. You guys are always doing a great job and it's fun to just 
highlight not just the North Dakota natives on your roster, but the people that you, like you said, are, are just making big waves. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely do that. Does this week ever get any easier? Does it ever <laughs> change much or is it always the same? Uh, pretty, you know, I guess it's pretty much the same. It's always a, you know, obviously it's a week we look forward to in our indoor season to get to, you know, the conference championships where we finally score a meet. But then the stresses that come with that, with trying to pick the right team and, you know, kids getting healthy and things like that are always, uh, is, is always stressful. But um, I, I seem to stress myself out more than I probably should. Our kids usually seem to show up and compete at a high level. You know, I just got to remind myself that, remind our staff that, that, you know, over the years that I've been here, it's, you know, there's been a lot of conference meets where there's a lot of really great performances. So that's really what I'm looking forward to most is getting to Friday and Saturday and just watch our kids go out and compete and, you know, and have some fun and just, you know, see the, the highlights of the meet. Yeah. Yeah. And it always seems like you were saying you like try to pick the right team, but it seems like there's always like something that never quite goes to plan. I feel like every year I was on the team, you feel like you, you know, the nuts and bolts like heading in and then all of a sudden the curveball is thrown at you like one way or another, but so yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at that performance list, you know, and, and it's one of those things I've learned over the years of, you know, you can kind of throw that out the window and, and just get to the conference meeting. It's really who can compete, you know, who can compete under pressure. Um, and, you know, I, I like to kind of analyze what I think we can do going into the meet, you know, how many points we can score, where we can, you know, where we can score the most points or, you know, just events that I feel like we're going to score points and that maybe people don't think we're going to and just kind of, you know, see what we can do as a team and then how we match up with everybody else based on, based on how we can compete. If you were to score it right now, which I'm sure you have a million times, who is the projected favorites on the men and the women's side? According to you know, if you go, yeah, if you go off Tifers, like you know, and people are always like, "Oh, you guys are gonna walk away with this thing every year." And right now, I mean, our men's team's down to South Dakota State going into the meet. You know, before the performance list, before entries, and then our women's team's down to U- University of South Dakota. Um, you know, heading into the meet. So really, you know, if you look at that performance list, kind of studied a little bit, it's like, wow, we 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 need some things to happen for us to you know to bring home the titles here. Do you still get nervous or do you just like, you've done it enough times now, this isn't for your first rodeo? Yeah. I mean, I think I get nervous. I think there's over time, you kind of learn that, you know, you can only control so much as a coach and, you know, our preparation, getting ready, getting the student athletes ready for the meet is in the past and, you know, be confident in what you're doing as a coach and as a, you know, your team and, and just go in and compete. So yeah, there's obviously some some nerves, but I think I get that almost every weekend we compete. It's just that that competition excitement, I guess I would call it more than nerves. Yeah, definitely. Okay, this I don't know if this blows your mind, but it blows my mind. So I was thinking about all the conference meets you've been to. Obviously, as an athlete, you were at some and you've coached a long time now, but I didn't quite realize how long it's been that you've been a head coach at NDSU. And now obviously you've got the director. The like really sexy like director title but like it's been fall of 2014 is when you took over as a head coach and I kind of did a double take when I go shoot that's like coming up on eight years ago but I I don't know does that blow your mind that you've been around that long as a head coach and in charge at NDSU 
Yeah, it does. When you, you know, when people ask me how long I've been here, I always tell me this is my 22nd year. And then I try to piece together my history at NDSU as a graduate assistant, as a part-time coach, as a full-time coach, as an associate head coach, and then the women's head coach, and now the director of both men's and women's track and field. Um, you know, and you start trying to throw years in it. And I, I really would have to look at like my bio or the history of like, when, when was I really even a full-time coach at NDSU? Was it 2004 or five? I don't, I don't remember. I just, I just remember in 2002, the spring of 2002 is my second year as a grad assistant Ryan and, and coach Lars were telling me, Hey, we, you know, we're going to figure something out. We're going to figure something out. You know, we were division two at the time and a sit full-time assistant coaches were not heard of, you know, in division two, it was two head coaches, part-time coaches, graduate assistants, things like that. Um, you know, and then April, May rolls around and, um, they're like, well, we, we got a job for you. It's a nine month position. You're the, you're going to be the head groundskeeper at Shelly Alex sports complex and you get a coach track. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But to me, it was an opportunity, you know, to get my foot in the door. I'd done the graduate assistant thing, you know, and not, not shortly after that, they started talking about moving to division one and, you know, that really, that really opened a lot of doors for, not just myself, but a lot of coaches, you know, that have come through NDSU, not just in track and field and all our sports. I mean, we've added so many coaches since, you know, our transition from 2005 and division one, um, you know, I think that was the first year we had three full-time track staff. And in 2014, we were at six uh, full-time track staff. So, um, you know, we've had great support from our administration, from our university and, and just really given us the opportunity to, you know, to be successful as a staff and as a program. Yeah. I didn't know that you were head groundskeeper. I didn't know that was part of the title. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, it was interesting because I was obviously coaching a lot of events the decathlon, heptathlon, the hurdlers, the javelin, the pole vault. I mean, it was kind of a, you, you know, I was a decathlete, so you can try to coach everything you, you know, can't imagine. And then I was also training. Um, so Andrew Carlson, and I always joked around if I would be, in the middle of weed whacking or weed trimming around the, the, uh, the, in, or the outdoor track in between my intervals on my training days. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the funny thing about the groundskeeping thing is that, you know, it's kind of presented to me as uh, yeah, you can hire some assist, you know, some students to work for you, things like that. Well, I was only allowed to hire work study students and, you know, most of those students only could work 10 or 15 hours a week. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I like being outside and I, I kind of grew up doing things like that. So it was, uh, I enjoyed it. I like to be busy, as you know, Ryan, being around the track and, you know, watching Lars and myself, we were always looking for projects and things to do. And that, that definitely gave me a lot of work, um, you know, outside of coaching. <laughs> definitely. Painting line, painting soccer field. I actually was painting football uh, practice fields over by the, you know, the po- football practice field area. Um, so yeah, it was, a. Uh, it was a good opportunity and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I stayed at NDSU because like I said, it opened a lot of doors for me throughout my years here. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you've been here a lot of years, but today when I was thinking about this, I'm sure this hasn't happened too often. You guys had a canceled classes on Friday because of snow day. You know, you usually get Mondays off for the president's day, but then today you also had classes or yesterday you had classes canceled on Tuesday. So has that changed anything like heading into this week, like changed practice times and you've had to jumble things around or has it still been able to be pretty consistent? 
Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've dealt with a lot this winter with cancellations, things like that. So, you know, it was discussed early on, like what, what happens when classes are canceled? Are we able to have practice? We're in season, um, you know, so it's kind of one of those, hey, if you can get to the track, um, we're going to have practice, um, you know, maybe makes our job a little bit easier because we can schedule one or two practice sessions instead of having tr practice throughout the day. Um, but yeah, you know, Fridays classes are canceled. Um, we have a, you know, a pre-meet day, have a, a pretty good training day for those kids that aren't competing at the UND last chance meet. Um, and then just kind of told the kids, Hey, just our plan is to leave in the morning. Um, you know, talk to the bus company and, you know, they had, I don't know how many, I think they had like five or six buses going to Grand Forks between, um, you know, our, our track meet with us and Concordia and then, mm. uh, all the EDC hockey going on. Mm. Um, so, you know, we got on the bus Friday morning, went up there and competed, came back. And then, uh, you know, we're blessed with another, another blizzard on <laughs> Monday, which was a, a day that we, you know, we honored as president's day as a day we don't have school, um, but that was probably the worst day, you know, here it was, there was a lot of snow and a lot of, um, you know, blowing around and it just probably the street crews were just waiting for it to settle down before they got out. Mm -hmm. um, and then to follow it up with Tuesday. Um, but you know, for me as I, we, you know, we approached it as, Hey, if you can get to the facility or if you need a ride, you know, it's good to get out of the house, you know, to get active, to do things. Cause I think these you know, kids get a habit of sitting around and not doing a lot of things. And that's, you know, not what we want them doing right now, even if it, you know, we're, we're kind of tuning up for conference, we still want to get something in, you know, it's not like we're the bulk of our trainings in the past, but we're still tuning things up and trying to get some sessions in. So definitely, um, but it, yeah, just, it's one of those things where you, you know, what, what we had about seven blizzards this year, I think in, in Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no rest for the wicked. That's for sure. So, okay. You mentioned Grand Forks, at least, I can't think of the last time Grand Forks would have hosted a conference meet and maybe back in the D2 days, they would have hosted outdoors, but what are you guys doing? How are you approaching that? Are you, I'm sure you're staying over in Grand Forks. Are you driving back and forth each night? Like, what is that going to look like? Yeah. So we're going to take the, the multis up. We have a, you know, tomorrow it is unique. You know, it's kind of like having, I wouldn't say like having a home meet, but similar to that schedule. When you look back at what did we do and, last time we hosted well thursday we have a a team meeting on thursday late afternoon we'll cater a dinner for the the conference team and then the the heptath or the heptathletes and pentathletes will head up to grand forks to stay overnight with an early start time on friday uh we have a coaches meeting up there um our conference coaches meeting and then on friday the rest of the team will come up in the morning uh we'll depart fargo you know a couple buses go right to the facility uh some kids will you know, get ready to compete. Some kids will do a shakeout and relax till they compete later in the days. And, and some kids at the pre-meet because they don't compete till Saturday. Um, so we have an early check-in. So we'll go to the track and those kids that want to get back to the hotel for a few hours to kind of relax and, and get and get out of the, you know, the craziness of the conference meet can do that. And then we, we do stay in, in Grand Forks on Friday night with, uh, you know, 11 o'clock start time on Saturday and Friday you know, realistically, when we're when it's all said and done, we're probably getting out of there seven forty-five. Um, so to bus back, to eat, to have meetings, you know, get the kids back home to come to Fargo, just it would just be a long, really long day for them. Mm -hmm. So we felt we felt it'd probably be best to 
you know, and, and then just, you know, kind of get away from Fargo, get away from things and just, you know, be around your teammates and your friends and, and be able to spend some time with them at the conference meet is, is, is important too. Definitely. Yeah. It's like a really great time to build camaraderie as a team. And there's kind of, it's like the back and forth you hear sometimes like sleeping in your own bed is the best way to go out and perform the next day. Cause it's like comfortable, but yeah, when it is like a business trip like that, you don't want to just like go home and maybe your roommates are doing something dumb the Friday night of the conference right. meet. Like I'm pretty sure like the big football schools, like I'm pretty sure I've heard like Clemson, those kids stay at a hotel, like even for home games, they, they get a hotel and they're there the night before the game. They're not just hanging out doing whatever. So I'm glad yeah, you guys no, are I doing mean, that. Yeah. I think it's easier to, you know, just control the, the uncontrollable, as I always say, of, we'll use loud roommates, you know, neighbors, things like that. So and not that hotels are always the quietest place in the world, <laughs> um, but it is, it, it's, you know, the, just the, the team camaraderie, like you said, of just getting together with, you know, just, kids hanging out and just they're all focused on one common goal of winning a championship and just to have that group together, you know, through, through the, through the night, not have to bust back and just kind of scatter is, is important. Yeah, definitely. So as you know, we love focusing on North Dakota athletes and who are some of the ones that we should keep our eyes on for this meet? I think there's probably a few we can all say are favorites and events, but who should we be looking at on the men's and women's side as far as North Dakota natives go? And if you need yeah, a minute I mean, to pull up your roster, I know, I think last year you needed a chance <laughs> to pull up your roster. But. Well, I know the team probably a little bit better now. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, you, you, you know, this, you, as, as in charge of both programs, you get a chance to, you know, get to know more kids and sit down with more kids and talk to them, whether it's in recruiting or just, you know, individual meetings. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I've enjoyed about, you know, taking over the men's program as well as the women's is, trying to do some you know some things we've always done things together but when it's just been a little bit easier now with you know um, me being the head, head of both programs and and things so um not that was hard before but I just you know you have one one person in charge mm-hmm. um but you know some you know start out on the guy's side with you know some of our standout guys senior Alex Russo you know legacy kid who's been running really well from us 6200 we look for you know him to do some really good things um you know, he's, he's done a, done a great job for us in his, in his time here at NDSU. Um, you know, Braden Brown's a freshman from, from Bismarck, uh, century. He's, a, he's going to, you know, eventually be a, a pretty top, top kid in the high jump for us, but has done a good job as a freshman, uh, Josh Darwin, Wapton kid, uh, leading the high jump right now. You know, he had some injury issues last year, kind of finally got things figured out and, uh, and jumping pretty well. So looking forward to, to watch him compete at, you know, at the, in the high jump. Um, let's see here. Brock Johnson, another century kid that's been running really well in the hurdles, true freshman for us has made a great transition to the hundred or, you know, the 60 meter high hurdles, the 42 inch hurdles. Uh, Josh Knudsen, Deluxe Burlington kid, um, 400, four by four kid. Mm-hmm. Jake Levine, who I think has been a, you know, a big surprise to a lot of people. Jake came in as a, you know, I would say a mediocre 200, 400 kid out of high school. We tried to make him a decathlete. Um, you know, it just wasn't happening. And then last year he joined our two, four group and, you know, kind of just came out of nowhere and ran sub 49 last year. And he's, he's ran, you know, a few sub 40, 48 high this year has ran some good 200. So, mm-hmm. you know, look for him in the 400 and 200. Um, Brandon Lewis, you know, long jump school record holder, broke a record for 
that have been here. Uh, broke one of my teammates' records, Brent Palmer. I don't know. If, I don't even want to say how many years it's been. So <laughs> it was a 27-year-old 20, record or something. Something like that. You know, and I mean, to think a guy's jumping 25-plus and he's 20, I don't know what he's ranked in the nation right now. It just kind of gives you, you know, idea what how top-notch uh, top Division One track and field is. But, you know, mm -hmm. we'll look for him to do more than just long jump this weekend. He'll triple jump as well. Um, you know, looking hopefully to, to put a bigger mark out there. Uh, let's see some of the other, I know going through the whole list of North Dakota kids, Levi Rocky, you know, another Bismarck kid who's, who's kind of stepped up in the throws and filled the void of, you know, an area that we needed to, he's done a great job for us. So we're looking shot, put our weight throw for him. And then I don't know if you heard of Jacob Rodine, some kid from Kenmare that's been running pretty good for us this year. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> Never heard of him. Um, no, I mean, he's just, you know, he's been having a great season. Um, you know, and I've been trying to do some research, but to my knowledge, and I'll put it out there because a lot of people listen to this podcast, but I think Jacob's 800 time at Iowa State's probably the fastest by a North Dakota kid indoors. Um, 148.52. I I've looked through the, you know, the records that I can find and the results. Uh, I know Eric Stroh obviously ran faster than that outdoors for us, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, pretty cool. He's, he's very motivated, very driven. And, you know, who'd have thought 148, 52 was like 35th or whatever it is in the country right now, Yeah, um, which, you know, got into nationals last year. So, right. Um, right. You know. Yeah, I had a yeah. post, you know, you were talking about these guys that are on the cusp of nationals. I had a post earlier this year that, yeah, if he was going to run under, you know, 148.6, like that would have got in last year. And, you know, for a while he was sitting very close to that 16th spot. And now he's a little bit further down. So so tell me about the women's so, side. Who are some North Dakota yeah. natives on the women's side that are going to hopefully yeah. do big things this weekend? Yeah, I mean, Kelby Anderson, you know, she's been around for a long time, fifth year. She's starting to really run well. She had a good 3K at Iowa State. Um, you know, we'll look to her look to her to score, you know, in the three in the mile and hopefully the 5K. She hasn't run one of those indoors yet. But by the time it gets there, everybody's tired, you know, and they just have to go out and run. Mm -hmm. um, you know, another senior, Grace uh, Zimmerman, but Brenner now, she was married in, in December. Uh, we'll be running, you know, in the 400 and help us out on the relays. Um, Jen Duffner, another senior distance runner for us. We're going to, we're going to have her just run the 5k open with some fresh legs. She can squeak in there and score some points. Um, Grace Emineth from Shanley uh, right here in town is, is a leader in the long jump here going into the weekend. She's a good triple jumper for us. So, you know, excited to see her compete and excited to see her do well um, this year so far. Um, Sally Corgo, she's been, you know, last weekend had a really big, race at, up at UND at the tune-up meet. So that's got to be a mm -hmm. big confidence booster for her going into the, into the conference meet. You know, the, the hurdles in our conference has always been a very, very competitive event. I think there's a couple of girls from Oral Roberts that are like at 8.30, 8.40, and Sally ran 8.60. Um, but it's just getting her in a race with them, I think will be great and, and things. So, <clears throat> um. Yeah, I mean, on the women's side, I mean, that's we got a few other North Dakota girls. Uh, Annika Stansberry, freshman from, you know, Cheyenne High School, and then Allie Wallen from Minot High School will we'll be running some distance events for us. So kind of same thing, looking for those girls to, you know, hopefully hopefully mix some things up in that 5K and, and, uh, and score some points there. 
So yeah, we're, this is probably the least amount of North Dakota kids we've had on the women's side. Um, you know, we're looking at this roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of wind it down here. Just like, what are you going to tell your team Thursday night? You're going to have that team meal. You're going to have that team meeting. What's, what's like your go-to? I mean, what do you, what do you tell them? How do you get them fired up for the meet? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just for them, I mean, every the work's behind them now. It's about showing up and being confident and competing. And, you know, we talk a lot about consistency throughout the year and going out and competing consistently and not, you know, trying to get too amped up where you, you know, kind of lose control of yourself and, and maybe blow up in a race or do something you don't want to do. So, um, you know, just being yourself and going out and competing, you know, and, and, and knowing that like they're held to a higher standard, you know, when they put that bison uniform on and, and that's, that's important. I think that's important to all our alumni and, and, and fans and, you know, people that support our program, they expect us to, to go out and, you know, and win. And, and if we don't win to, to put forth our best effort in battle. And, and I think that's what you're going to see on Friday and Saturday are, you know, some teams going to head to head and just really getting after it. So it's, uh, you know, kind of just reminding them of that, but then just not trying to get too amped up on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, sometimes I have a trouble with that, um, you know, not getting too excited you know, cause they got to get some rest and, and not think about too many things and, and just be ready for Friday. I wish we could have a team meeting on Friday before the meet started. I think that would, uh, that would go a lot better as far as, you know, some rah-rah. We're not like other sports where we get in a locker room, we all get together and give them a big speech and then we go out and play a game. You know, we have kids starting at nine 30 in the morning, 10 in the morning, and our bus won't get here till, you know, around noon and, and the multis are well into the competition. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a unique sport in that aspect. Definitely. So close things out speaking of the multi right now the top seed in the men's heptathlons under five thousand points could you if you suit it up would you win it <laughs> no <laughs> hard no <laughs> oh man uh, i'd like to i'd like to talk a good game but i don't think i'd make it through the 60s so um <laughs> yeah i mean you look at you look at the performance list and there's a lot of really solid events and you know, the multi for some reason this year is, is not what it's been in the past as far as depth wise, but you know, if Anner hasn't, you know, he didn't run the thousand up at UND. So he's close to 5,000. If he does that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's some other guys in there that could score higher. Um, you know, we do, we did throw a, a young familiar name in the bison track and field, uh, Zach McGlynn. We're going to throw him in the hip this weekend. So we did pull his red shirt. Um, Let's go. You know, Paul Walter high jumper. He ran the hurdles last week and looked really good. And, you know, it's kids like that, that you're just, you know, it's give, give him an opportunity and just looking forward to seeing what, what he can do, um, you know, in his first heptathlon. But I think as a freshman, and I think he understands bison track and field and bison athletics and the history of it. So, you know, his, his brother was here for a while. His uncle competed here. So I think he's got some, you know, mom competed here. Um, got a lot of bison blood in him. Yeah, kids got some chops for sure. So that'll be fun. Those are the those are the stories yeah. you like to hear right before conference. So, well, sweet. Yeah, no, and I think it's like you know I've been doing this long enough to know that there'll be you know ups and downs, and that's another message we always send to our team. You just can't get too high or too low, and support your teammates. And I think they do a great job of that. So you know you want to have more highs and lows. I always tell them you know at the end of that speech. So, um, but I, you know I've walked away from the last several conference meets just like shaking my head and just some of the performances we've had and the way these kids have stepped up. So, 
really looking forward to, to, to watch them compete Friday and Saturday and, and, you know, going out after it and giving their best effort. Yeah. Sweet. Well, Stevie, that does it for me. Thank you so much for hopping on. We'll get you on for like an episode of just you pretty soon too. I know we said that last year, but we actually need to make that happen. <laughs> no, anytime I enjoy it. Yeah. There's, you know, when you're been, been around the sport a long time and, and there's a lot of great people in the state of North Dakota, that's fun to hear you guys is, um, podcasts. And, you know, I saw Heather Xander Barry at our little kids camp on Sunday and we got to reminiscing about her podcast and telling stories. It was, it was fun to listen to her cause I forget some of those things. And, you know, one thing I told Heather, I was like, do you remember your freshman year when I always do end of the year meetings and the, you know, kids come in your office and they sit down and, you know, some of them say a few things and, you know, Heather's a very motivated driven person as you found out from the podcast and, mm-hmm. Heather came into my office. She picked up the chair. She brought it around the other side of the desk and sat her right by me and looked me in the eyes and said, what do I need to do to get better? You know, <laughs> at, that, at that point, I was like, this girl's going to be pretty good someday. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good story. So, but yeah, she is quite the kid. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll let you go. Like I said, thanks for hopping on. All right, Ryan. We'll catch you later. Appreciate yeah, it. Good luck. Thanks. All right. Thanks.